we don't. I think it's a hold up there, but if not, just bring me the keyboard and I can work it from there or hand it to CJ. So, all right, so and while, you're, while they're getting that figured out, understand that the Christian life is not just about one decision in an altar, but it's the daily decision to get up and wor- live out the life that God intended for you. If I wanted to prove to you I was alive, I wouldn't go back to Des Moines, Iowa, December 20th, 1973, to prove that I'm alive. I would show you evidence in my daily life that I'm alive, right? Well, same way with the Christian life. November 1st, 1994, I got saved. But if you ask me, hey, how do you know you're saved? I don't have to go to that date in time to say that. I can show and prove that in my life is God working right now through my daily life. And one of the things that I love about eternal security is you and I, as believers in the Bible, we know that if saved, you're always saved. The downfall to that doctrine, and and listen to me careful, the downfall to that is people think, oh, I'm good, I said a prayer. Now, I tell you, the doctrine's correct, it's our interpretation of that doctrine that is off. And the bottom line is people think, well, I said this prayer, and you know, I, I remember when I got saved, and I gave my heart to Jesus, and then they just go out and live a daily life of however they feel, and that's contrary to the way the book describes the Christian life. And so what we're trying to do is, in our Christian life, is to develop some habits that will will absolutely transform our daily life with Christ. And we, we're taking the acrostic with the word habits, and we're just breaking each one of them down. And we started a couple weeks ago with the H in the hanging out with God. And we challenged everybody in here to have a time in their life, a daily time, to set aside where you, you are not being distracted by this world, but that God brought you out of your sin and your defilement to bring you into a relationship. And that every day of our life, we should be taking this book and having some alone time with the Lord through reading the book and praying. And we found out that how important that was. And then last week, we got in here and we started talking about accountability and how that you and I are accountable not only to God, we're accountable to this local church, and we're accountable to individuals. And we realize that the best way to keep ourselves going in the right path is to have somebody in our life that will get up in our grill when we get outside of that path and challenge us to live out that life. Okay, now, today we're going to be picking up with Bible memorization. Now, as we go there, we're going to be in Psalms 119, 97 through 104. Now, when I speak of Bible memorization, I've added the word and meditation. And here's the reason being. Speaking of Awana, we challenge our young people to memorize verses, okay? And, and we have them stand up, and every year at the end of the, uh, the Awana year, we bring them on stage, and many of them quote scripture, and that's great, and we, we're all for that. But I want you to understand what I'm challenging you today with is not necessarily having the memory to regurgitate a verse that you can memorize. Lost people can do that. That's not what we're challenging you with. What we're challenging you with today is to not only get up every day of your life and study that book and read that book and have some alone time with God, but to leave that alone time 
go about the rest of your day through memorization of what you've read and meditate upon those things. And, and as we study through this psalm today, you're going to quite understand what I mean by that. Now, because I know some people go, listen, I don't have a real good memory. Now, what's interesting is it just depends on what you're trying to memorize, whether you have a good memory. I'm married to somebody who can't remember anything. <laughs> except we'll be driving down the road and somebody will call and say, hey, your credit card didn't go through. Oh, yeah, we had to replace that credit card. It got hacked. And they're like, well, we need a new credit card. And she'll just rattle off 7543784. And I'll turn and go, whoa. It's a little scary to me that you can memorize credit card numbers, but you can't remember what you went to the grocery store for, right? Now, bottom line is some people have really good memories, and they can quote scripture like crazy. I'm not asking you to be able to stand here and quote scripture. I'm asking you if you can somehow find a way to get this book into you in such a way that it sticks with you throughout the day. Justin mentioned about us opening this book and leaving here different and changed. And the key to all that is taking what you heard and meditating on it, thinking on it, trying to regurgitate that into your life. And so we're going to look here at Psalms 119, 97 through 104 and I want you to notice he says oh how I love thy law it is my meditation all the day now listen no doubt you got to get up early in the morning and get some alone time with God but you can't just go well check that off it's all day long he's meditating on the word of God now watch this thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than my enemies for they are ever with me. What are ever with me? The commandments. Well, how can they be with me if I don't memorize them, right? Like, bottom line is, you guys remember the teacher in school? She's trying to teach you math. And I'm like, well, why can't I use a calculator? Because there's going to be a time in your life, you're never, there's going to be places you're not going to have a calculator. Well, what she doesn't realize is the iPhone was invented. And I don't need memorization of math anymore and just use the calculator right well let's bring that into the bible world we live in a time like never before where in days of old they had to memorize the verses because they didn't have access to the book all the time and then later on we had access to the books but you know if you're on a job or you're at the store and you're trying to talk to somebody about the word of god you didn't have access to it then but now with the iphones we have access to it all the time right Right. So we get very, very dependent upon technology to teach us the Word of God. The problem with that is, this is contrary to what I'm trying to explain this morning, which is that book going from your head down into your heart, working out through your members. And I'll explain that as we go. But notice here, he says, they're ever with me. I have more understanding than my teacher's. For thy testimonies are my meditation. That's twice he's mentioned meditation. I have understanding more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. It's not just learning the book, it's living out the book. And he goes on and he says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. 
How sweet are the words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Now I want to I give you a little key to David right here. And I'll talk about that in just a second. Back in 90, verse 97, he starts with how I love thy law. But he ends this psalm with this whole 104 of saying, I hate every false way. Do you realize that when you fall in love with that book, the things that are contrary to that book, you grow a hatred for? It's a direct connection. And so when we don't have a hatred towards those things that are contrary to the book, it really tells us how much we really love the book. You know, the book becomes just, well, yeah, that's a tool that Justin and those guys use when they stand up there. No, this book is everything to us. It's literally the mind of Christ handed to us in paper form. And every aspect of our Christian life is developed off of this one book. And when God says, when you love it, you'll hate every false way. So when I make comments about Calvinism, what's your problem with Calvinism? I hate every false way. What's your problem with the speaking in tongues? I hate every false way. Why? It's not a matter of being intolerant or tolerant about those things. It's a matter of, I love this book so much. When it says to do this and this is done, there should be a hatred in our life towards those things. Now watch, we're going somewhere here. Now, the key of David, okay? This is, if you look up the key of David online and just check it out, you will be blown away at all the trash that comes up of what the key of David really is. But you get into the Philadelphian church period and God said, this church is like no other church. This, this, this is the one church age I have nothing against them to say. And he says, you know what you got? You got the key of David. And everybody's like, what's, what's the key of David? Well, if you study David and you find out in, in Acts chapter 13, quoting from the Old Testament, when it came to David... God says, I have found David. This is God's testimony of David. He said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Now, what's interesting is when he said this, David wasn't a man as far as we would consider. He was a young boy. But he was a man in God's opinion because he was a man after God's own heart. And we find out that when you go back to the Old Testament and you study David, only two times in all the Bible does David say, I love the Lord. Only twice. You're telling me a guy who was after God's own heart only mentioned that he loved God twice? Yep, that's it. But countless times, and at least 11 times I think it is, in the book of Psalms 119, he says, how I love thy word. The key of David is a love affair for this book. And God says, when you get there with it, it'll change your life. Now, I want you to hold on to that thought. Because when the issue of Beersheba comes, or Beersheba comes along, and David makes that horrible sin, do you think he had forgotten all the things that God said? No, I think he mentally could remember all of it. But the difference was, it was, the book that used to be in here was just in here. He didn't forget what God said. It just wasn't in the proper spot. And what we're trying to challenge you with is not just getting this book here, 
but getting it down in here. And the reason being is because if you hang out in this place long enough, I can tell you, I will die trying, but I guarantee you, you will learn this book if you hang out long enough. That or you just in la-la land. Because all we do is just pump information after information about this book. And we, we want to do that. Because we do know that the access to getting this book in your heart starts with getting it into your intellect. But if it stops at the intellect, we have failed miserably. So hanging out with God every morning is great. That's getting that book and that, that time of God, getting it in here. But the cool thing is when it gets down in here. And how that happens is that when you leave that coffee table or that kitchen table or your office or wherever it is you're hanging out with God, when you take those thoughts all day long and you're thinking upon what you've read, what God's doing is transferring that thing from here down into here. And the key to the Christian life is somehow getting that book into the heart of man and allowing that man to live out that book because of how much he loves the book. Now, I want you to notice here. So now we've got the key of David, and we know what that's about. Just hang tight. We're going to keep coming back to that thought. But notice here, I want to start with the purpose of Bible memorization and meditation. Okay? I want you to notice here in verse 97, when we start back over with what we've read, I want you to notice what he says here. He says, oh, how I love thy law is my meditation all day. College football started yesterday. Wonder how many people were consumed by it yesterday. Just, just ate you up. You couldn't wait for it to start. You had your TV on, you're taking it all in, and you just can't get enough of it. Which is cool. You ever been that way with the Bible? You ever been that fired up to want to open the book as you would maybe to see your best team play? There are people, I used to be one of these idiots, there are people who get up every day, turn on sports talk radio, and all day long they listen to talking heads just blabber about the same thing they blabbered about the week before. And it's just the same old, same old. I'm not ripping the sports guys. There are people who are into politics this way. Let me turn on Rush, and I think he's dead, but, you know, whoever the local, you know, NPR or whatever it is you listen to, and you just sit there, and all day long, it's just politics, politics, politics. Then you run around going, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> well, one, start by shutting that garbage off. I mean, you, you listen to that all day, yeah, I'd be distraught, too. But at what point does the Bible believer take the same energy that he would put into sports or politics or whatever it is, Pinterest, I don't know what you're into, and then just channel that energy into just thinking upon this all day long. Meditation and memorization is the act of taking the word of God from the book into the heart of the believer. And understand, watch this, 
I, uh, Jeremiah says it this way. He says, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Now, let's all agree that the, those days he's talking about is the tribulation, right? Okay, now he says, I'm going to make a covenant with Israel after the tribulation. So if it's after the tribulation, what time is it? Uh, say it out loud because nobody else is saying it. Millennial reign, there we go. All right. So during the millennium, the house of Israel has a covenant with God. Okay, let me, let me just kind of give you a little nugget. We already have that covenant as the Bible-believing body of Christ. Whatever Israel is going to have in the millennial, we have access to that now. We don't have to wait till one day in the future. What is that covenant? He says, I will put my law in their inward parts. I will write it in their hearts. Guys, it's one thing to have the law in a book. But that's not where the law really takes effect. It's when this book gets down into the inward parts of you and gets down into your soul and it literally consumes who you are. I'm not waiting for the millennial reign for that. I have access to that right now. It's much like that sitting in heavenly places. I'm not waiting to get there. I'm already there. I have access to God now. Psalm says it this one. He says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in, sitteth in the seat of the scornful. In other words, man, blessed is the man that isn't tied up with that world system out there. He says, but the del- his delight, notice that, his delight. Now, I, I've already heard some you know, people talking about how they're getting up, reading the Bible, and been doing that for the last couple of weeks, and that is so exciting for me. It really is. It means this is more than just a sermon. It's something that's getting down into your soul, and I'm, I'm excited about that. But how many of you are doing it out of duty instead of delight? Hey, I get to read God's book. Does it thrill my soul? That's what he says. His, his delight is in the law of the Lord. He's excited about it. He's fired up like you Georgia fans with the three-peat. Like he's, he's consumed by it. It's all you can think of. And if you do that, I'll tip my hat to you. That don't happen very often. Watch this. In his law doeth he meditate day and night. The word meditate is literally a cow chewing the cud. You know anything about a cow, it has multiple stomachs. And what it'll do is eat grass, swallow it, belch it up, chew on it again, swallow it, belch it up, chew it. You know, it's a little disgusting to think about. Maybe disgusting to you, the end product is a really great steak. Do you understand that that same word is what God's saying I want you to do? You come in here on a Sunday and Justin stands up and delivers the word of God to you. I want you, to, I want you to chew on that, swallow it. And when you get home, I want you to belch it up. I want you to chew on it again. Then I want you to swallow it. And then I want you to belch it up. And then Monday morning, I want you to get up and get in my book and spend some time with me and hang out with me. And, and I'm going to give you words from my book. And then I want you to go to work. And I want you to belch it up and chew on it a little bit more. And then swallow it and belch it up. 
That's how that cow digests all that. And this book is a lot to digest. And God's saying, this is how you got to do it. And he says, he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever, watch this, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now just file that away for a second. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Now, the reason I'm bringing this out is because it's one thing just to read the book. It's another thing to think on it. But there is a direct connection between saying the verses out loud or to yourself and how they sink into your soul. So if I ask you to memorize a verse, and I said, hey, next Sunday, I'm picking one of you out of the crowd, and I'm going to have you come up here and say it. Would you go home and say it out loud? right? You'd practice it. Isn't that what we do with the Awana kids? We get them to saying it out loud. There is a direct connection between you speaking that and memorizing that. And God says, listen, it's not enough just to know the word, but the word needs to be spoken. Don't let it depart out of thy mouth. But he says, meditate there uh, day and night. And he says, thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. There's the other thing. You notice that God always connects that. It's not enough just to memorize it, but to do it. Live it out. The goal isn't to get the book into you. The the goal is to get the book through you, for you to take that book in and then work it out of you to go work the ministry of reaching the world with the gospel. Now, notice he, he says here, he says, Make thy way, he says, if you do this, then shall thy, thy, excuse me, make thy way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. We just read, get the book, get prosperous, verse 3. Get the book, get prosperous. Now watch, watch this, this is James, New Testament. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that's this book, and continueth. This is what I keep trying to drive home. How many of you guys will walk out of here and what I have said this morning, before you get your lunch done, you've already forgotten? If that's you, Justin would never say this, but I will. Why did you waste your time coming here? I mean, if you're just going to let it in one ear and right out the other, what was the point? And by the way, For those of us that do stand here and we do put in the time to try to dig out of here this this information to help you, why are you wasting our time? Like, the point is not just to come in here and check a box and say, I did church, man, what's his problem? Back off, man, I'm just trying to get lunch. (laughs) I got it, I want lunch too. Matter of fact, I asked before we left. What are we having for lunch? So you know where my mind is chewing on. Right? Now, but, but, but get with me here. He's saying, listen, you got to continue with therein and be, watch the word, be not a what? Forgetful hearer. We're talking about Bible memorization. And once again, I'm not asking you a wanna style to regurgitate the verse. I'm just asking you to memorize what was said or what you've read and then go chew on it. And get it into your soul. But notice what he does here. He says, listen, you got to continue in this law. Don't forget it. 
But then he says, but then you got to do it. You know what insanity is, right? I've, I've said this for years. I got it from Albert Einstein. Insta- insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. So why file in here and get information and then just go back out and do whatever it was you were doing? In the idea to get the book and go, all right, I need, to, I, I need to make a decision on that. I'm not doing what he just said, and I need to get that going in my life. And then go do those things. And notice here, he says, if you do this, you're blessed. Sounds kind of like prosperous. All right, now watch this, 1 Timothy 4.3. This is Paul speaking to, to Timothy. And he says, till I come, he says, there's three things I want you to do. What, what are they? Give attendance to reading. And he's not talking about Cosmo, ladies. He's not talking about the newspaper. Or, I don't even think they have those anymore. Is there a newspaper anymore? It is. An actual paper? Or is it online? All right, well, cool. Either way, that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about your Fabio books either. He's talking about reading the book, man. And he says to give exhortation, to build each other up, and watch this, to doctrine. Then he goes on, he says, neglect not the gift there is, uh, gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on the hands of the preposter. And then he gets to verse 15, he says, meditate on these things. What are these things? Well, they go back to verse 13. It's what you've been reading about, and it's the doctrine. He said, I want you to meditate on them. And then it's not enough just to hear the word of God and meditate on it, but then he does the same thing that all, all writers have said. Now go do them. Give thyself holy to them. Watch this. That thy profiting may appear to all. You notice in every one of these verses, God says, you want to profit? Get in my book. Now I'll let you hash it out with Creflo Dollar on what profiting is. But it is not anything to do with finances. He's talking about your Christian life living out the way you're supposed to be living. He said, and you get in this book, and you get this book in you, and you get to meditating on that, and you get to regurgitating that, and man, you get out there and you start living that, you will start profiting in the way of life when it comes to a Christian. Now, Proverbs 37, 7 says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? Now, notice in verse 18 of Matthew 15, it says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. Okay, now I'm, I'm connecting the, the thoughts here. Remember earlier, he told Joshua, don't let this thing depart from your mouth. And I told you in Jeremiah, the goal is to get it in the inward parts, to get it in the heart. As a man thinketh, so is he. Well, how do we get the proof of what he's thinking about? Because what's in that man will start to come out of his mouth. Which means I can tell you if you're into sports more than the Bible. I can tell you if you're into politics more than the Bible. I can tell you that you're into whatever more than the Bible. You know why? Because what is ever in your heart is coming out your mouth. So it's great. We all got up and showered hopefully this morning. Put on our Sunday go-to-meeting clothes. Walked in here, sat down on a pew, and we say all the right things, right? Oh, man, God bless you. 
Good to see you. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Let's sing with the songs. Oh, that's awesome. And you can fake that for a few hours. But the real you will eventually come out. And if this book isn't in your life, it's going to show up. And it's going to show up in your conversations. And the many of us never speak our testimony or speak about Christ in public, not necessarily because we're scared to, but because that's not in us. If I stood up here and told you how quick the Georgia Bulldogs stink, how quick would you come at me? Right? How about if I just stood here and told all you people that are driving foreign-made vehicles and how worthless they are? You know why you'd come at me? Please. What are you driving? My point is, people will come at you about politics, they'll come about you at sports, they'll come about you about their choices in life really quick, because that's actually what's in them. But yet, you will listen to people at work say something contrary to the book, and you don't say nothing. You never approach that person and say, hey, let me, let me challenge you on that. Somebody stands up and says something contrary doctrinally, and you never challenge them. But yet, if they go after your favorite football team, oh, man, just get fired up. Isn't it interesting? We can defend the stuff that doesn't matter. But defending the stuff that matters, no, nah, nah, I ain't got time for that. So as a man thinketh, so is he. Do you understand that Satan is the god of this world? And this world system, according to Ephesians 2.2, 2, we've been delivered from. But that system we're still in, involved in. In other words, we live in that same system that he delivered us from. This system understands Proverbs 23, 7 better than you and I do. As a man thinketh, so is he. So what this system does is spend all of its energy grabbing your attention. Whether it's the radio in your car, whether it's your television, whether it's your phone. Think about how much of your life you are bombarded with information. And what it does is transform how you think. And because we're not putting the book in there, our mindset changes. And you can just see it as it comes. And the bottom line is, the, the system is fighting to get your mind. Because, man, if we can get your mind, I got the rest of you. Because as you think, so are you. And the bottom line is, we've got to learn to shut some of this off and be able to just get back to thinking about the words of God. One of my greatest things that I do now, and I love it, is I ride down the road with no radio on. Complete silence. It's unbelievable how much thought you can get in. And you just ponder. But if you're not getting up and putting this book into your life, what are you going to ponder on? Matter of fact, we've been trained to be bored, so we just turn it on. Number two, not only the purpose of Bible 
meditation and memorization, but the profit of the Bible memorization and meditation. Watch this. Look at the next verse. Verse 98. And that thou, through thy commandments, has made me wiser than mine enemies. For they, who are they, the commandments, are ever with me. Verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Verse 100. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. Now, we live in a society today that depends on Google. I am so thankful I am of the last generation that grew up without internet and grew up without devices. That I got to learn what it was to be a kid just to go outside and build forts and hang out with my friends and play sports and do all that long before the video game stuff ever came along. Here's what's happened because we have Google. The younger generation thinks they're smarter. No, you're actually dumber. You don't think. You just depend on something to tell you what to think. You never actually went out and deciphered that. But you notice what God's saying here? He's not talking about, hey, because of this book, I'm smarter than my enemy. Hey, because of this book, I have better, un- you know, I'm smarter than, than, than my teachers. I'm smarter than the ancients. He doesn't ever use the word smarter. He uses the term, I'm wiser, I have understanding. You can't get wisdom and understanding from Google and stop depending on that. You can't live it out that way. I'll help you out, you Google attachments. Raise your hand if you know what this is. That's pretty bad, Justin. All right. Let me tell you, Google's not going to help you with this. This is how you changed your high beams in a car at one time. Car comes up, you just click. And if you had a piece of junk like what I drove, you had to slam on it to get it to come off. Now, you think you're smarter because you've got Google. That comes with life experience. Now, for those of you who go, I can Google that and find out. Well, hang on. i got another one for you. You know what that pedal all the way to the left is? So even if your Google can absolutely tell you what that pedal is, can Google actually get you to do it? No. Only one way. To learn to use that third pedal. It's life experience. You can read all the books you want to about that pedal. You can, you can have Google tell you everything you want to know, but it comes with wisdom and understanding on how to use it. And your whole ju- Google generation is useless with that. What I'm trying to do, and I am trying to get up your grill a little bit to explain to you that certain things in this life is not about being smarter. Certain things are about having wisdom and understanding, and God says that's going to come through this book. Day in and day out of studying and getting this book into your life and working that book out. It's not enough just to know it. you got to actually go do it. And what that is is a clutch. And if you've never drove a car or a stick shift, some of you barely can drive an automatically. I I don't want to be on the road if you're driving. Now, 
Notice here in Psalms 119, we're in the same chapter that we're bringing our context verses on, but I'm, we're talking about the profiting. Remember, he kept saying, you're, you're going to be profitable, you're going to be prosperous. How? From this book. Notice here in Psalms 119, 127. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Verse 72, the law of thy mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver, more to be desired than gold, yea, much fine gold, and they're sweeter than honey, which we've already read. What's the dollar value you put on spending time in this book? What would you give in exchange? How much would it cost somebody to buy the book from you? And take it away from you. Now watch this. Proverbs 2.1 says this. He says, when it comes to my words, he says, you need to be able to cry after them. He says, I want you to cry after knowledge and lift up thy voice of understanding. If thou seek her, that knowledge and wisdom, that understanding, seek her as silver, searcheth for her as hidden treasure. You know what city you're in? Well, you guys are a sharp group this morning. What town are you in? Villarica, right? What does it mean? City of gold, right? Okay, so our church is fortunate. We own 22 acres here. And if you go just south here into our 22 acres, we have a paintball field that hadn't been used in about 15 years. But you go out there in that paintball field, and there's just piles of quartz. And I found out as a young pastor, I'm like, why is all this quartz up here? And what it was is all the gold miners in this area, that's why that gold museum's down the road, came and mined the gold here on our property. So at one time, there was gold all over this land. And so you go back there, it looks like a war zone. But let me ask you something. As a member of Kelly Harbin, if we had a secret meeting and I said, hey guys, uh, I, we just found out that these guys missed a whole vein of gold. What we want to do is get some shovels and some lights and 24-7, we want to get out here and we want to get digging and get this gold out so that the church can redeem all that. Would you do it? What if we stated it this way? What you dig out, you get to take home. I bet you'd skip that lunch that you were talking about earlier to go home and get that shovel and get to digging. You'd probably call your wife and say, hey, man, I plan on being down here all night. Would you bring me a change of clothes? Hey, I, I, just get me, get me some flashlight. Bring me supper down here. I'm not going to stop until I get to this gold. And yet God said, I have placed a vein of gold and a hidden treasure inside of a book, and that book sits on your coffee table, on your, some of you just leave it in your vehicle. I mean, at the end of the day, here is the vein of gold. And how many of you are digging? How many of you are actually going, man, give me a shovel, give me a light, and let me dive in here, because I get to keep what I find. Nah, that's all right, man. Y'all can have all that gold down there. I don't want any of that. That's how we act. Now watch this. So not only the profit that comes with this memorization and meditation, but number three, the purity that comes with Bible memorization and meditation. Purity. Now, I want you to notice the next verse 
that we have here. Psalms 101, or excuse me, 119, verse 101, all right? He says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. So what he's talking about is how that this book will bring purity to your life. Now watch. There is a direct connection between the sin in your life and the amount of Bible that is in your life. I'll say it again. There is a direct connection between the sin in your life and the amount of time you spend in the Word of God. You say, where'd you get that? Okay, well, hang on. We're going to talk about David here. The guy that wrote all this. The guy who was at one time into the Word of God big time. What happened in 2 Samuel chapter 11? Sin came into his life. What had happened? He got away from the book. Now, he didn't forget it. He, didn't, he could have still quoted stuff, but it was no longer a part of his daily life. It was no more a day of getting up and digging for treasure in the book anymore. And he got away from God, and the sin got into him. And here's, here's what the Bible says here. Look at verse 8 of Psalms 19, not 119. He says, the statue of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. Verse 9 again. Or, excuse me. He says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever the judgment of the, of the Lord are true and righteous together. So he's already listed three. If you go back to verse 7, there's four ways he has announced the word of God. He gets to verse 10. He says, more to be desired are they. What are they? The commandments of the Lord. Then gold, yea, more than fine gold, sweeter than honey on the honeycomb. Now look at verse 11. Moreover, by them, what are the them? The commandments of the Lord, is thy servant warmed. So when you and I have a tendency to grow or go into the walk of sin that we are so naturally go to do, what is it to get us back on the right path? It's the book. Because the book will warn you and go, hey, that ain't right. Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Let's get this thing back to where it's supposed to be going. He says, he says, listen, he said, the servant is warned, keeping them there is a great reward. Who can, who can understand his error? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. He goes on, he says, keep back thy servant also, look at the word, from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion, controlling Samson, the, the cords of a, uh, that, that he was tied with. This is the picture of sin, getting control over it, has dominion. And he goes, then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalms 119.9. There, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his ways? So he asked the question, how are you going to clean up your life? By taking heed according to the word of God. Now, how in the world are we going to get our life cleaned up and live out a holy life if we don't spend time in the book? He goes on in verse 11. He says, thy word have I hid in my intellect, my mind. I can quote a lot of scripture. I know a lot of stuff about the Bible. It's not what he's saying. I've hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. 
So when sin comes into our life, there is a disconnect with this book in our heart. Yeah, we, we may know it. We know a lot of facts about it. We can quote a lot of stuff. But it's different to actually have that into your life and into your heart. Proverbs 4, 20 and 23, this famous set of scriptures. And he says, my son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them, uh, meaning the words, in the midst or the center of his heart. For they are life. What are the words? Those that find them and help unto their all their flesh. Now he says, keep or guard thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Have you ever looked at somebody and said, man, that dude's got issues? Probably me. I like that word, issues of life. You know where your issues come from, my issues? When that book gets out of our life. Because when we step aside from living out this book, issues show up. And that's where the problems come about. And I'm closing right here. Watch this. He says, not only the purpose, the profit, and the purity, but the pleasing that comes with Bible memorization and meditation. All right? Now, look at verse 103 and 104. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It's a very pleasing thing, right? Guys, when you fall in love with this book, it is better than any meal you can eat. I mean... I love honey. I just, I, I, I've never met anybody who goes, no, I don't like honey. That's horrible stuff. Maybe you do. I, I don't know. But I, I just, I can take a spoonful of it. And I just think it's awesome. And it's got that sweet taste to it. And it'll even sit in your mouth a little bit longer after you've swallowed it. You can still get that taste. And this is exactly the way this book is supposed to do. Chew on it, swallow it, and the taste should stay in your mouth. And that's what he's saying. He says, man, he says, because of this, I hate every false way. Now watch, Philippians is talking about pleasantries, right? He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things be true, whatsoever things be honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report if there be any virtue, if and if there be any praise, he says, think on these. Maui. Hawaii. You know what went on there? No, I'm not going. This is not a CCC opportunity. But <laughs> He says, whatever things be true and honest. Do you actually believe anything you're told on a television? No. Everything's a lie. You don't know what to believe anymore, right? And God says, uh, think on things that are true and honest. In today's world, how many of those places can you find? True and honest. Man, outside the Bible, where are you going to go to find true and honest things? Where are you going to find just and pure and lovely things? And God says, man, the reason you're all jacked up is you're watching Fox News thinking you're getting in tune. And the bottom line is you want to know about what the world's doing, what's going on, read your Bible. It's more updated than the news. 
And it's at least true. Now, go on here. Psalms 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Now, let me tell you something, Georgia fans. I got saved November 1st, 1994. A month and a half later, we were in the national championship game. We had lost 93 because of Charlie Ward and all them. We had missed the last field goal deal. And of course it was. Back, back when I was a kid, now that I'm a man, I put away childish things. I'm the one with the mic. So, so I go. I just got saved, right? We're going to be in the, champion, the, 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 the national championship game again for the second year. I'm in the altar pulling out this verse. God, you said that if I delight myself in the Lord, you'd give me the desires of my heart. And God, I want to see Nebraska win a national championship. Boom, they won it. The very next year, we're back in it again three years in a row. They went 60-3 and three in five years. Me praying this prayer. I haven't prayed it since. Clearly. Now, trust me, this prayer and this verse had nothing to do with any championship. But what happened was I started studying that verse and realized that when you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires change. And man, when you dive into this book and this book becomes a part of your life, you don't really care who wins the national championship. You don't really care if the Braves win the World Series. None of that stuff matters. Yeah, I, I care about who goes into office, but at the end of the day, whoever goes in isn't going to affect this. Me hanging out with the Lord and the Lord giving me the desires of my heart. And the reason he'll give me the desires of my heart is because he starts by changing the desires of my heart. And then he says, now you can have it. This is not a magic potion for you to get what you want. Now, everybody in here, I'm talking about memorization, right? And everybody's like, oh, I just don't have any good at that. I just don't have a good memory, right? I don't have any ability to memorize things. Everybody says this. I'm just not as smart as other people. I looked for one this morning, but if I had pulled out a red-backed hymnal and I said, turn to page 120, where, what would we be singing? Okay. If I went to uh, 333, I'll fly away. What? Everybody's stealing the book? Man, come on. 57? How many of you guys know this book better than this book? Boy, you can rattle off a song. But you can't tell me anything in here? I just don't have a good memory. Really? Because you can crank it out of here. Who are these people? Who in this building can name these, how many, five? Don't be shy. Somebody's watching their shows. Who is it? Who is it? I'm not stopping to, who? The Kardashians, right? Now, you don't have to raise your hand because you don't want to embarrass yourself, but I bet there's people in this building, you can name off all five of them. 
but you can't tell me anything out of this book? Who won the 1980 championship? Right? How do you know that? How do we got that memory down? Anybody want to tell me who the running back was? Who? Yeah, Herschel Walker. Tell me the quarterback. It's Buck Blue. Please, come on. My goodness. You understand? Your memory's fine. If I show you her, what comes to mind? Go ahead and say it. Oh, my God. Janice. Who said this? This is 1991. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. He's dead. Skip Carey. Four score seven years ago, fathers brought forth this forth on this continent a new nation. Who said it? Who said this? And so my fellow Americans ask not what your country can do for you. Kennedy. Tell me his his little theme. I'm proving to you there's nothing wrong with your memory. It's a matter of priority. Notice what he says here, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know who I am believed, and I am able to and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. There's nothing wrong with your memory. Being, yes, of this very thing, that he which hath began, begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness there is nothing wrong with your memory there is no excuse our memories are fine it's just a matter of what our priorities are do we want to know the names of all five Kardashian sisters? Or do I want to spend some time in this book to have something alter and change my life? Who cares what Hollywood's doing? The book is the only thing that will change you and I. And it's the only thing that will bring us profit. There's only two things that are going to last forever. And I'm closing. They can come get us all. Two things. And that is the word of God and the souls of men. And yet we spend most of our life memorizing and taking in all this information that is worthless. And the question is, what is it that you meditate upon? What is it in your daily life that consumes your thoughts? Father, we thank you for all that you've done. And we ask and pray that you will help us today to prioritize this book into our daily life. That amongst the, the busy schedules and amongst all the pressures of this life, help us to recognize that the priority of this book has to be number one. 
And God, help us to get this book into our daily life and to memorize it and meditate upon it so that it changes who we are and what we do. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you've done. If there's any here today that's never been saved, God, let today be the day they see their need for a Savior and trust in Christ as their only hope. Father, we love you. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.